the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. I'm going to show you from my own uh, library 17 things that I believe every believer should have in their library. These are life-changing books, and uh, these are things that I I consider must-haves. And uh, it's very important. And and the reason I was on this today, and and this has been rolling around in my spirit, is because there's there's several things that uh, I've heard in church which like blew my mind. And then there's things that Paul said as he was teaching, especially his sons in the gospel. Good morning, Lynn Ann. Uh, that he was teaching, and I'll read you those in a minute. I'm going to teach you from the word of God for a moment on why this is so vital and why this is so important uh, that we have this understanding. We cannot increase to where God's called us to go without this understanding. And if you want to go to the next level, which I, I know that everybody watching the broadcast does, I mean, you wouldn't be logging on uh, in the mornings if you didn't have a desire to go to the next level. Uh, you wouldn't be following our ministry. You wouldn't be pressing in in faith if you didn't have a desire to level up. But what I want to show you is this. There is a lie that has literally creeped, crept, creeped, crept through the church. I promise I I graduated English. Um, That crept through the church that is that we don't need others. All we need is the Lord. You know, there's this, and and by the way, that is a lie. We don't need others in the body of Christ. We just need God. We just need the Lord. We just need the Holy Spirit. We just need the Bible. In fact, I've heard people say in church, like ministers that have said things like this, which is to me, one of the dumbest things that you could say. And I'll tell you why I've heard him say things like this. Well, we don't need to read more books about the Bible. We just need to read more of the Bible. We need to stop reading books about the Bible and just read more of the Bible. <laughs> I'm going to say it again because this this really lit me up, man. When I heard when I've heard people saying this, we need we don't need to read more books about the Bible. We need to read the Bible, <laughs> and that's a very stupid thing to say. Very stupid. People that say that kind of stuff are stupid, <laughs> and I'm going to explain why. The same logic that says that. We don't need to read more books about the Bible. We need to read the Bible. The same logic that says that, you know what it also would have to say? We don't need to hear more teaching and preaching about the Bible. We just need to read more of the Bible. That's the same logic. We don't need teaching and preaching on the Bible. We need to just read the Bible. But no, the Bible actually teaches and tells us that God is the one who set ministry gifts into the church for the perfecting of the saints. So he sent in, I'm, I'm getting ready to go there, AJ, don't get ahead of me. Um, <laughs> he said in apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. And so it was God's idea to anoint men and women, set them in the body of Christ, and use them to perfect the saints through preaching and teaching. And so if all God intended for us to do as believers was to sit at home and read the Bible and not have any input from his anointed men and women, he would never have bothered 
to put men and women in the church to teach, preach, and perfect the saints. We need the men and women of God that have been anointed to do what they've been called to do. No question about it. We need apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. But understand, we're living in a culture right now that is an extremely rebellious culture that does not want teaching, doesn't want correction, doesn't want direction. And so there's people that are trying to push away this thought process of leadership in the body of Christ. And this all ties together, and I'm going to show you how, that even in our churches now, in this, this, you know, this modernistic, uh, what they would call a postmodern uh, generation of church, that we're pushing away even the, the thought of spiritual leadership. And now we have churches that are pastored by committee or board-run churches that, you know, we've got a rotation of about 12 guys, you know, that preach and teach and, uh, you know, all, all this different stuff that's, uh, we're, we're going to take away the, the the platform and just put everybody on the same level, take away the pulpit, put in a coffee table. You know, it's all steps that are being taken toward making the men and women of God um, uh, like everyone else and taking away the place of honor for what God's placed them uh, in to do for you and for me. And that is to perfect us by preaching and teaching. And so there is a difference between a believer and a five-fold ministry gift. Not every believer is an apostle. Not every believer is a prophet. Not every believer is a pastor or an evangelist or a teacher. Those are actual ministry gifts that God has anointed and called and set in the church for the purpose of perfecting the saints. And, and one of the biggest ways, obviously, that they do that is by preaching and teaching. In fact, when Jesus got to the place, and I mentioned this yesterday when we were talking about healing. In in Mark chapter 6, Jesus went back to his own hometown, the Bible says, and he was there with a desire to do mighty works. He wanted to heal them. He wanted to produce miracles uh, in the in, in his own hometown. But the Bible says that he couldn't do any uh, mighty works there because of their unbelief. And he could only lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them instead of having a mighty uh, move of the spirit like he had in other places. And it was because of their unbelief. And, uh, and so what did Jesus do? The Bible says that, Je- that Jesus went around that to their villages into their synagogues preaching and teaching. He was preaching and teaching. Notice what he did not do. Notice that Jesus didn't just say, well, you guys are having a real issue with unbelief. Uh, I want to encourage you to go back home and read the law and the prophets more uh, and take time to just sit down and read that. No, he personally went about preaching and teaching. What was he doing? He was taking the word of God and he was breaking it down, preaching and teaching it to those people. Why? To build faith in their hearts. As my father has uh, preached for years, uh, preaching and teaching are the cure for unbelief. Preaching and teaching are the cure for unbelief. So the the reason that's that's true is because Paul taught the Roman church in Romans 10, 17, now faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when you hear the word of God preached and taught, then it builds faith in your heart. Now, here's the interesting thing. What I said before, we don't need to read more books about the Bible. We just need to read more of the Bible. Well, that's not true. 
Because there's in the same way that God set men and women in the church to teach and preach the Bible, that same teaching and preaching, uh, it, it also is transferred into books and also audio books or podcasts or whatever else. It's the same thing. And so think about how foolish it would be for somebody to spend 60 years of their life serving the Lord, ministering, doing what God's called them to do, praying daily, fasting, hearing the word from the Lord, developing their faith, developing their revelation. And then they took all of those 60 years or whatever time they've spent serving the Lord and put that teaching into book form of all the things that God has shown them and all the things that they've experienced and put it into book form for other believers that wouldn't have to take 60 years to get what they got and put it out. And people who say, well, we don't need to read more books about the Bible. We just need to read more of the Bible. No, God gives revelation to his men and women, and that revelation will help you. It'll take you higher. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 8, verse 32, that you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. If you see any value whatsoever in preaching and teaching, then you've got to see the same value in the books and the teaching that's printed and produced, the audiobooks or the podcast, however, whatever it might be. You've got to see the same value and anointing in that that you see in preaching and teaching. And um, I'll tell you what's interesting is, is um, uh, AJ just put up a, a scripture that I had marked right here in my Bible that I was going to read to you. And Paul the Apostle, uh, when writing to his son in the gospel, Timothy, the final letter that Paul wrote, 2 Timothy, he, at the end of the letter, encourages uh, Timothy with, with some instructions. He wanted to have some things brought to him where he was in Rome awaiting execution. And uh, this is what he said, um, 2 Timothy 4, 12 and 13, Tychicus I've sent to Ephesus, and when you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas, and also the books, and above all, the parchments, which were his notes. Bring the books, and above all, the parchments. And so Paul, and in this same later, which we'll jump back to in a, in a minute, in, in, this, in this way, Paul is literally at the end of his ministry. He's at the end of his life, spending time in, in imprisonment in Rome, uh, still preaching and teaching, and sees the value in this and tells them, when you come, I need my books. I need my parchments, my notes. I need you to bring it to me because I'm still doing work. He was literally still developing himself at the end of his life. And notice he didn't say, well, you know, I need uh, I need you to just uh, allow me time to sit here and, and read more of the word. No, he wanted the books. He wanted the notes. He wanted the parchments. And he even encouraged Timothy in the same line. Timothy uh, was his son in the gospel. And notice this in the same letter. Go back to chapter two. And this is what he says. He says, uh, study to show yourself approved unto God a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly dividing or handling the word of truth. And so he said, study. So there is an aspect of study that every one of us are required to literally engage in so that we don't have to be ashamed. We can literally rightly divide the word of truth that every believer should be a believer who is studying the mighty word of God. Did you know that Peter, the apostle, 
encouraged us in his letters that we should always have an answer ready to give to those who have questions about the hope that lies within us. Well, you're not going to be able to give any kind of an answer. See, here's what I found out. You don't truly know something. You don't truly have it on the inside of you unless you can explain it to someone else. You don't have an understanding of something until you can explain it to somebody else. If somebody were to say to you, well, why do you believe in divine healing? Why do you believe God still heals today? You know, if your answer is, well, you know, because I I think our church believes in it. (laughs) If that's the answer, then you don't understand your covenant. And that's a dangerous thing because if you don't understand it, then according to the parable of the sower, the enemy can come and steal from you what's been taught or preached to you, the revelation of God's word. Uh, let me let me reference that quickly. The Bible says in Mark chapter four that the sower sowed the word of God on four different types of ground, four different types of ground. And they, they the seed fell, and, uh, and this is Jesus' parable here, and a very important one. He's talking about if you can't understand this, then you can't understand any of the other parables. He said uh, that there is uh, four different types of ground. And um, he said that the sower sows the word. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. This is Mark 4, 15. And when they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown into them. So understand uh, that there are there are people that just literally don't understand what is being taught or don't understand through lack of study, that when that word is preached to them, that they're not able to retain it, it's immediately stolen from them because they have no understanding. And so understanding is vital. In fact, do you, don't you find it interesting that the book of Proverbs, which is considered obviously a book a collection of teachings and a collection of Proverbs that according to its own writing in the first chapter is given to us so that we can literally build wisdom and knowledge and so that even the simple can become wise and young people uh, can become wise and miss out on many mistakes that others may make. But the, the writer of Proverbs said this, in all you're getting, get understanding. The literally, the writer of Proverbs took understanding and wisdom and made it paramount and said, in everything that you get, get understanding, get wisdom, get understanding. Why? Because wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom and understanding is the principal thing. Because understand, it's like the old adage that we have said for years, you know, people have said this for years and it makes sense uh, that, you know, if you, you can give a man a fish and he can eat for a day, you can teach a man to fish and he can eat for a lifetime. Why? Because once he understands the process, he can actually become self-sufficient and take care of that system for himself. It's the same in the kingdom of God. You can run to every revival service every time you're sick. You can come come to a place where you're always trying to find somebody who's going to quote unquote give you a fish or give you a miracle and so that you can go home and be fine for that day. However, you can get to the place in Revelation where you understand how the supernatural works and then you're not running to every conference and having to run to every revival to go get a miracle. You can literally walk in miracle working power on a daily basis because instead of being given a fish, you've been taught to fish. And wisdom and understanding are the things that keep you in a place where you're always increasing 
impactful, rising higher, and seeing victory in your life. And so the writer of Proverbs said, wisdom is the principal thing. In all you're getting, get wisdom. And wisdom comes from study. Wisdom comes from study. And there's far too many believers who don't know what they believe, which in in fact was one of the main reasons that the Lord encouraged me to start Miracle Word University. Because when I was praying to the Lord, I was in Atlanta and I was sitting in my truck. And one of the things that really, really was annoying me was that we would have all these young people come to the meetings and they would get on fire. They'd get touched by God. They'd get stirred up in their spirit and know that they were called to do something for the Lord. And then they would go into these, you know, liberal Christian universities or regular universities and uh, they would go into these seminaries and stuff and they'd go in on fire and they'd come out with, no, you know, don't even believe in the Holy Ghost anymore as far as, you know, cessationists don't believe he's moving, don't believe miracles are for today, tongues aren't for today. You know, they, they go in on fire and they come out dead. And it was annoying me. I'm like, God, you know, the, these people, you're raising them up to be the next generation of leaders in the body. And uh, they're, they're on fire. And then they go to these places and they get, they get squashed. They don't even come out not even knowing what they believe. And the Lord just simply said, why don't you do something about it? And so he empowered me and encouraged me to start Miracle Word University, which is one of the main reasons we did. The Bible says, my people, God said this, are destroyed Why? Not because the devil's attacking, not because there are traps throughout the world, not because it's their season to be destroyed. My people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. That's what the Bible says. My people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. And so God didn't even mention the devil in that passage. Isn't that funny? God didn't even mention the devil. He said, there's a lack of knowledge that's causing you to be destroyed. In fact, I'll go back and reference John 8, 32 again. You'll know the truth and the truth will make you free or set you free. So a lack of knowledge destroys you, but a knowledge of the truth sets you free. I want you, those of you that are watching, I want you to put that in the comments section today. A lack of knowledge destroys me, but knowledge of the truth sets me free. I know that's a long one, but write it, write it in the comments. A lack of knowledge destroys me, but knowledge of the truth sets me free. A lack of knowledge destroys me, but knowledge of the truth sets me free. I want you to pop that in the comments. So vital and so important to know this. And that's why it's, we've got to know as Peter encouraged us, be ready to give an answer. And the only way you can give an answer is by having the answer for yourself first study to show yourself approved. So pop that in the comments. A lack of knowledge destroys me, but knowledge of the truth sets me free. That's right. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you, Stacy. Good to see you, Britt. Love you. Thank you, Karen. A lack of knowledge destroys me, but knowledge of the truth sets me free. So this word of God is complete and utter truth, and it sits higher than the facts. The word of God sits higher than the facts. In fact, the Bible teaches that the word of God sits higher than the name of God. Psalm 138 and verse two, the psalmist wrote, Lord, you have magnified your word above your name. You've magnified your word above your name. A lack of knowledge destroys me, but knowledge of the truth sets me free. 
If you're listening, pop that in the comments section. A lack of knowledge destroys me, but knowledge of the truth sets me free. Amen. Thank you. I'm telling you, this is the key. This is where we need to be in understanding. I've got to give myself to study of the word. And it would be ridiculous for us to ignore men and women of God that have spent their entire lives. You know, no one else thinks like this. Like literally, no other uh, area of, of life do we ever have this thought process. Nobody goes to a doctor and says to him, you know, well, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to listen to anything you say. You know, I know you've given me your medical opinion, but I don't want to listen to anything you say because I'd rather just read the medical books myself and just, I can learn this too. And I, I, I'm just going to come up with, I'm going to formulate my own opinion uh, because, you know, I can read the medical books myself. No, nobody, nobody does that. We have an understanding that this is a person who has spent years not number one in medical school, and then finally practicing medicine or doing whatever they've done for however many years, we see them as someone who has given their life to the study of medicine. We do the same with the law. Nobody said, nobody goes out to, to a lawyer to get uh, legal counsel and then says, you know what? I don't actually want to listen to anything you have to say. I can read the books myself and I can understand the law myself and, I, and I'm going to just trust myself to just read the... Uh, no, nobody does that. We understand they've taken their life to study the law and to become uh, proficient in interpreting the law. And when they give us legal counsel, we trust them. Why? Because they've spent their life doing it and it's made them more proficient in that than we could ever be at that moment. Nobody does that to a pharmacist. You know, actually, this is what you need. You need to take this. We're going to prescribe this. It says, no, actually, I can, I can study it up myself online and figure out what drug. Nobody does that to them. And it's interesting that in church, the devil's got this deception that's set up for the believer that I don't need people to teach me. I don't need anybody to talk to me. I don't need it. And it's a spirit of rebellion that actually keeps us out of victory and keeps us out of the power of God because there's this spirit that goes through that's trying to push spiritual leadership away, push, push correction and teaching away so that there's no establishing of power. There's no establishment of covenant. And people are just literally drifting through America and around the world without any spiritual leadership, without any spiritual power, and without any vision to restrain them. The Bible says that without vision, people perish. But some of the newer translations say it this way, without vision, people cast off restraint. And here's why. Because vision doesn't just tell you what you should be doing. Thank you, Justin. It also tells you what you shouldn't be doing. Notice that. Vision, once you gain vision, once you have an understanding, it doesn't just tell you what you should be doing. It tells you what you shouldn't be doing. So if you're an athlete and you have a plan to build muscle, gain whatever, lose body fat, whatever, you know the things you should be doing, the weightlifting, the cardio, the meal plan, but you also know the things you shouldn't be doing, which is you know fast food, sitting around, whatever else. It puts a dividing line between what I should do and what I shouldn't do. And that's why we need leadership. And that's why we need the wisdom that God's placed in their lives. It's why we need what God's shown them through prayer and fasting and study. We need that. It would be so foolish for us to just 
burn all of the wisdom that anybody has ever acquired throughout their lifetime and say, well, I don't need what they've got. God can show me. It's like, what a waste of time. Yes, God could show you, but wouldn't you rather as a, an intelligent person take uh, you know, the next six months to study what they ha- had to take 60 years to receive? I would rather get what they got in six months than 60 years. And you can gain that kind of knowledge. That's why God gives us imparted knowledge and impartation. In fact, I love I love this. I'll do this before we get into the books. And I'm going to give you these. Um, I'm going to give you these uh, these 17 books in just a moment. And you're going to want to get these, and you're going to want to put them in your library. But listen to Ezekiel chapter two. This is Ezekiel's call as a prophet. Listen to what the Bible says in Ezekiel chapter two, verses one and two. And he, which is God, said to me, son of man, stand on your feet and I will speak to you. And as he spoke to me, the spirit entered into me and set me upon my feet and I heard him speaking to me. So when a word comes to you, see, that's what's so exciting about when you receive impartation Um, from a man of God or a woman of God is that they can speak a word into you that God's given to them that they've been developing for their life. They can speak a word into you that can literally set you upon your feet. What does that mean? Establish you in the power of God and in the covenant and establish you in victory. That's the imparted anointing through imparted wisdom. Imparted anointing through imparted wisdom. Tyler's saying here, God will give you over to your deception when you're walking in rebellion. That's what the Bible teaches in Romans chapter one is that they went so long in their spirit of rebellion that God turned them over to a reprobate mind, turned them over to a spirit of deception because they would not listen. They would not listen to the truth. And God's not going to force you to listen to the truth. He'll let you do what you want to do. But I want to listen to the truth. I want to listen to what God has, and I want to listen to what his men and women have gotten from him and receive that revelation from their spirit as well. And so I want to jump in and uh, and just kind of go through these 17. I know it seems like a lot, but I, 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 I had to narrow it down to 17 because I, I, loved, I love this stuff. I love to read, but um, I wanted to show you just 17 uh, books that I feel like you should have for sure. Uh, in your library, and I know they'll help you. They've helped me, and I know they'll be a blessing to you. Number one, uh, if you want to put them in the comments section for those that'll watch later, you're welcome to do that. Once again, I will have the list. Uh, Jenna will email the list if you want it emailed to you, but on the podcast later today when I put it on the podcast, um, it will also uh, be in the description. I will list all the books in the description of the podcast as well. But let's go into this. Number one, uh, number one is this. This is a Dakes uh, reference Bible. And if you don't have Dakes notes on the Bible, I, I highly, highly, highly recommend this. My grandfather, uh, when every one of my uncles went to Bible school and my father, uh, my, my grandfather bought them a Dakes Bible. This is a preacher's Bible. I, I really believe that it is. Um, if you don't know about Finnis Dake, Finnis Dake was an interesting man. Uh, Finnis Jennings Dake. Uh, and God gave him a very peculiar gift. And that's why this is such a valuable, this is such a valuable piece uh, of, of literature because 
he had a gift that God gave him that was so supernatural. They would test him even on the radio for hours. And he had a what we would call a word of knowledge on the entire Bible to the point where no matter what they gave him, they could say, all right, Isaiah 311. He could quote it instantly. He'd quote it. And they'd sit there and test him for hours and hours. And they'd, and they'd say, okay, now then they'd say Joshua 4, 2, and he'd quote it. And, and then when they were done with that, they would flip it and then they'd just start giving him and reading the scripture to him. And after they read a scripture, he would give them the reference as to where it's found in the Bible. So the man had unbelievable revelation. God gave him a, a word of knowledge on the entire Bible. And he had the ability to literally recall any verse of scripture at any moment and quote it verbatim or, or give you the reference as to where it's found. So in his notes on the Bible, he has all kinds of amazing, and many of them are list-based, which which I love. Uh, when you start to look through some of the things uh, that he wrote for, for uh, his notes, listen to this, 10 proofs that Jacob bodily wrestled with God, 10 facts about deceit, 10 evils of deceit. I mean, he goes through four proofs. Jacob took his wives immediately. I mean, these are, these are, I mean, it's, it's amazing. He even shows the differences between Noah's flood and the Luciferian flood and gives all kinds of, I mean, it's amazing. Uh, it is King James Neary, uh, Karen. It's um, the original Dake's Bible was done on a King James Bible. And so all of his reference will act, references will actually quote the King James. But one of the things I love, and this is the hard the hardcover of this, I think you can get it in leather as well. But what I use it, I use it on my tablet and on my phone, uh, a digital copy of it. And the only place that I've seen the digital copy um, of the Dakes Notes is on Olive Tree Bible Reader, that app, the Olive Tree Bible Reader app. And so I went into their library. I had been looking for it everywhere. I went into their library. They had a copy um, of the, the Dakes Notes digital. And so what's cool is if you're on your tablet or your laptop or whatever, you can split screen it. And so what you can do is you can have the scripture in whatever version you want on the top and Dake's notes on the bottom. And it's all, one of the things that's interesting is that, I mean, I don't know if you can see how tiny the print is in this. This is a massive Bible, but look how tiny the print is <laughs> of this Bible. But it's, it's interesting though, because there's a lot of flipping. Okay. See my notes in this page, see my notes on this book, see my notes over here. And you're flipping back and forth. But what's cool is with the digital copy, everything's hyperlinked. So you just tap it and it pops a little box up and shows you what his notes were in the other book. And so it's a way faster, way better, but, uh, olive tree Bible reader has it in their bookstore, but you can get it at any Christian bookstore. You can get it on amazon.com. And, uh, these are phenomenal, uh, these are really phenomenal Bibles for any any person. I, it's not to say that I agree with everything that he writes in there. There are things that uh, I think even coming to end times Bible prophecy, I think he was off a little bit on some of those things, interpreting Bible prophecy to the day he lived in uh, rather than by what the Bible says literally. But um, you know, not everything that he writes, obviously he's not inspired by God, but uh, so much knowledge on scripture that uh, it's it's phenomenal. So it's it's powerful. The Dakes uh, 
reference Bible, I would without question, you got to get that one. You've got to get that one. Let me, let me talk about this one. Number two, this is by Dr. Lester Summerall. This is an old copy that I've got here. It's fallen apart because I've read it so much. But um, this one is called Miracles Don't Just Happen. I don't know if you can see that with the lights. Miracles Don't Just Happen. This is an older one by Dr. Lester Summerall. It's number two. And um, this is such a faith-building book. So if you open this up, this uh, (laughs) this is stories of miracles that took place in his ministry. Extremely faith building, but one of the things that I uh, I love about this is that in the contents page he breaks down the chapters of the stories by kind of like by miracles by subject. So if I'm reading you like the contents page, he's got miracles and transferred power, miracles and revival, miracles and healing, uh, miracles and deliverance, miracles and divine guidance, miracles and divine watch care. Uh, miracles and divine provision, miracles and money. So it's pretty amazing. I mean, this book is super faith building. Uh, miracles don't just happen by Dr. Lester Summerall. This is, and, and I don't even know if it's still in print. I mean, if, if I'm sure it is. I'm sure you can get it from their office uh, or online. But this this book, man, to just sit back and read. And that's the other thing too is that we're living in a day. Uh, where people need to see and hear about miracles more than ever before. You can't let the message of miracles be lost because there's too many people that are that are sitting back trying to be seeker sensitive. Uh, you know, it, it's 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 ridiculous. We've got a generation that because people are afraid to operate in the power of God are trying to lay back from miracles and signs and wonders, and people need to see them. They're proof that Jesus is alive, and they're proof that He's coming again soon. And uh, for those of you that are, that love to read stories of miracles, these are phenomenal, phenomenal stories. So number two is Miracles Don't Just Happen by Dr. Lester Summerall. Uh, number three, and I'm working on this one right now because we may be putting this, we may be putting this together on a reprint because I think it's out of print. I'm not sure that you might be able to get a copy of it on, on Amazon, but I'm working with uh, Sister Donna Shambach, that's R.W. Shambach's daughter, to have this reprinted. This is A.A. A. Allen's book, The Price of God's Miracle Working Power. The Price of God's Miracle Working Power. This was a book that A.A. A. Allen wrote when he was so tired of not having miracles take place in his ministry that he started fasting and praying and shut himself away and said, God, just show me what I have to do in order to have miracle signs and wonders in my ministry. And God began to speak to him and gave him step by step what he needed to do in order to see miracle signs and wonders. And he saw many miracle signs and wonders in his life and ministry. This is the price of God's miracle working power uh, by A.A. Allen. And the forward is by R.W. Schambach. And we're working to get this uh, reset and reprinted. And it's a powerful, powerful, powerful book that every believer needs to get. Check it. Check it on Amazon. If you can't get it, stick close to me because we're going to try to get this. Uh, we're going to try to get this in hand very soon. That's that's number three. That's the price of God's miracle working power by A.A. A. Allen. Powerful, powerful book. This one is a staple. If you don't have this, this thing is a staple and it's changed so many lives. I don't even know how many uh 
I don't even know how many languages this has been translated into uh, all over the world, but this is probably one of the uh, most well-known books he ever released, and that's The Believer's Authority by Kenneth Hagin. If you don't have this book, this was one of the books that changed a generation of believers, The Believer's Authority, talking about the power of God that's been given to the believer to take authority in life, and you don't have to put up with what the devil's doing. You can take authority over uh, the devil and all of his works. And one of the interesting things from this book, uh, there was a time where the Lord was speaking to Brother Hagin. Uh, Jesus was speaking to him. And while Jesus was speaking to him, a demon tried to get in between them and tr- tried to literally started making, trying to make noise so that Brother Hagin could not hear what Jesus was saying. And he could not understand why Jesus was allowing this to happen. And so finally, it irritated him so much that Brother Hagin rebuked the demon and commanded it to leave, and it ran. It ran off. And Jesus said something to him in that vision that blew his mind. He said, if you had not done that, then I couldn't have done it. Jesus said that to to Brother Hagin. If you had not done that, I could not have done it. And he, and he said, Lord, I, I know that I didn't hear what you said properly. You, you said you wouldn't have done it. He said, no, I said I couldn't have done it. And then Jesus began to teach him through the word how all power has been transferred into the church. Power has been transferred into the believers. So book number four, The Believer's Authority by Kenneth Hagin. And uh, you've got to get that. If you don't have it, it's available. You need to get it immediately. Grab it immediately. Uh, This is a phenomenal book here. By the way, this is the book, if you've ever heard um, my cousin Jonathan or I talk about uh, the man of God, uh, Bishop David Oyedepo in Nigeria, in Canaan land in Ota, pastor of uh, Living Faith Church. It's called Winner's Chapel. Um, This is the book he read that brought him into overwhelming prosperity. And this is the book entitled God's Will is Prosperity by Gloria Copeland. God's Will is Prosperity. This is book number five. God's Will is Prosperity by Gloria Copeland. Uh, and, and when I remember reading the story about this, that um, when Bishop Oyedepo read this book, it was in the 80s when he read it. I think it was like 1984 or 86, something like that. He said, when I read that book, I ran out and shouted, I can never be poor. I think it was 84. The book was originally copyrighted in 1978. Uh, He said, I ran out and shouted to no one in particular, I can never be poor. I can never be poor. And this book is is literally the thing that began uh, his, his, really, his journey into overwhelming prosperity to the place now he's got the largest church building in the world and building another one that's even larger that will seat 100,000 in the sanctuary, 10,000 in the children's church. Uh, I mean, just amazing stories of prosperity that, that, are, that are next level. Uh, Kenneth and Gloria Copeland, powerful man and woman of God. She wrote this book in 1978, God's Will is Prosperity. This book will change your life as it's done for so many others. And there's such a, a misconception on the message of prosperity. You know, people don't understand the message of prosperity, and they treat it like it's a dirty thing, a dirty word. It is God's plan 
for his children to make sure you're financially blessed, financially, that you financially overflow. It's not heretical. It's not false doctrine. It's part of your redemptive covenant and it belongs to every believer. And this book will help you uh, to see that. Then years later, after receiving that message and living it out for many, many years, uh, Bishop Oyedepo wrote this book. This would be number six, one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. Number six, he wrote his own book entitled Understanding Financial Prosperity. Understanding Financial Prosperity by uh, Bishop David Oyedepo. This book is literally over close to 400 pages, 400 pages on how to walk in financial increase and prosperity. This book is a must have in every believer's library, every believer's library. This book will take you through the Bible, take you through the word of God and show you why it is God's desire that Christians be blessed financially and then how you can walk in that kind of blessing. You know, what's interesting is most people that talk about, um, most people that talk about prosperity, they're always talking about giving. They're always talking about sowing a seed, and that is necessary. But only about this much of this book is about giving and seed sowing. The rest of this book outlines the things you've got to do, the covenant details that you've got to adhere to in order to walk in financial increase and prosperity. So understanding financial prosperity by Bishop David Oyedepo, you've got to get this book. It's phenomenal. Understanding Financial Prosperity by Dr. David Oyedepo. This book will change your entire life. You'll read things in this book about prosperity that you've never read before, that you've never heard before. I guarantee it because I'd read a lot of books on prosperity. I listened to a lot of preaching on prosperity and there's things in this book I had never uh, heard before. Number, what will this be? Number seven, number seven. This is probably um, his most famous book that he ever released. But I want to show you this. Mighty, mighty man of God. This is Dr. Paul Yungi Cho, who pastored the largest body of believers in the world in uh, Seoul, Korea. This is the fourth dimension. Let me make sure there's no shine. There you go. The fourth dimension by Dr. Paul Yungi Cho. This is a book about living in the dimension of faith, the unseen realm of faith, and uh, how you can, <laughs> let me give it to you the way that he, um, he described it, that there are things that you can see in the unseen realm before they even exist, things that are invisible, if you will. Faith takes the invisible and makes it visible. Faith takes the invisible and makes it visible. And that's why he's talking about the fourth dimension. There's a fourth dimension to life. And that dimension is faith. The supernatural power of faith in manifesting the power of God. Manifesting the power of God. And the stories in here are so phenomenal. But built a church of over one million people. Built a church of over one million people. I mean, mind-blowing. Literally mind-blowing. Um, and, and built Prayer Mountain. I mean, so much, so much went on through his ministry, literally changed the nation that he lives in. Uh, and so you've got to get this, the fourth dimension, 
by Dr. Paul Youngi Cho. This book will change your entire life. Phenomenal book. That was number seven. Yeah, that was number seven. Uh, number eight, another book by Brother Hagen uh, that you've got to get. One of the things that bothers me <clears throat> more than anything else is how many people in our generation are floundering that don't know what they're supposed to be doing with their life, that literally are racking up student loan debt uh, year after year, changing their major four times, don't know what they're supposed to do. Do you know how many people we have that write us and say, well, how do I discover my purpose? How do I know what I'm supposed to do with my life? How do I know which direction I'm supposed to go, where I'm supposed to work, what I'm supposed to, who I'm supposed to marry, where I'm supposed to move? And there's so many people that don't know what they're supposed to be doing in life. And uh, this is one of the greatest books you can grab. This is by Dr. Kenneth Hagin, uh, How You Can Be Led by the Spirit of God. How You Can Be Led by the Spirit of God. I'll leave that up so you guys can see it. This is number eight, how you can be led by the spirit of God. This book will change your life and and you shouldn't have to flounder through life, especially when you have a guide, a supernatural guide who is the Holy Spirit. This book is so life-changing, how you can be led by the spirit of God by brother Kenneth Hagin. That is the eighth book. Listen to this on the back. This is powerful. In a vision many years ago, the Lord dealt with Kenneth Hagin about teaching his people how to be led by the Spirit of God. In recent years, the Lord has stirred him to teach more and more about the subject. And the children of God can expect to be led by the Spirit of God. But now here's the here's the mistake. Listen, many times we seek guidance by means other than the way God said. And when we do, we get into trouble. What's he talking about? We seek the advice of men. We put our trust in the arm of flesh. And as the prophet Jeremiah said, when we do that, we're actually bringing a curse upon our life and turning our back on God. It's like I heard, um, I'm trying to remember who I heard say this. Maybe it was Kenneth Copeland, but he said, no Christian parents should ever tell their children, you can be whatever you want to be when you grow up. He said, that's not scriptural. You've got to be what God called you to be. You've got to be what God called you to be. You can't be whatever you want. Yeah, Stacy. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's a funny question. Stacy's asking about Dr. Cho. She's saying, are you, looking, are you talking about Dr. David Young Cho? He changed his name in the middle of his life from Paul to David. Um, or maybe it was from David to Paul. I can't remember. But he said that the Lord spoke to him and told him that that was his real name. So he did change his name uh, in the middle of his life. So whether you find David Youngie Cho or Paul Youngie Cho, <laughs> it's the same guy. And uh, you can get the book. There's my cousin Chelsea. Love you. But how you can be led by the Spirit of God. This book will change your life. And when we get into... Uh, when we get into the, the the trap of trusting men over God, it always brings us into into uh, destruction and in problems. And so I highly recommend this book, How You Can Be Led by the Spirit of God by Brother Kenneth Hagin. That's a life-changing one. That was book number eight. Book number nine. Uh, this is another book by Dr. Lester Summerall. I'm so happy that my father's uh, finally, he's releasing books and writing books on the gifts of the Spirit. In my opinion, there's nobody in this generation more qualified than my father 
to write books on the gifts of the Spirit. I've watched him operate it proficiently in all nine gifts of the Spirit and constantly and uh, with accuracy. And so he's getting ready to release six books on the gifts of the Spirit. The first one is coming very soon, and, and the first book in the series is called The Camels Are Coming. Uh, but for years, the staple on the gifts of the Spirit was this book by Dr. Lester Sumrall entitled The Gifts and Ministries of the Holy Spirit. I hope you can see that. The Gifts and Ministries of the Holy Spirit by Dr. Lester Sumrall, who uh, sat under the teaching of Howard Carter, who brought really brought the message of the gifts of the Spirit back to the body of Christ, and Smith Wigglesworth. And so Dr. Lester Sumrall, who also saw the gifts of the Spirit in operation throughout his entire ministry, uh, put this book together called The Gifts and Ministries of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and and this, this will change your life. You can get this. It's funny because I've seen this book. I've literally seen this book in airports. I've seen this book Walmart's everywhere. This is this is almost everywhere. So I highly recommend that you get it. The Gifts and Ministries of the Holy Spirit by Dr. Lester Sumrall. And this book is uh this book is life-changing on the gifts of the spirit. So you gotta grab that one. I believe that was book number nine, is it not? Yeah. Book number nine, The Gifts and Ministries of the Holy Spirit. Um, let me give you book 10. This one right here, you talk about a convicting book. I'm going to give you another one by Dr. David Youngie Cho. I picked this book up. You talk about convicting, man. This is a convicting book that he wrote, uh, pastor of the largest church in the world. And the book is entitled Prayer That Brings Revival. Prayer That Brings Revival by Dr. David Youngie Cho. This book on the subject of prayer will literally convict your heart to pray more than you ever have before. He tells in this book at the very beginning, and many of you, I'm sure if you've been around Christianity for any period of time, you'll remember the Brownsville revival that took place in Pensacola, Florida for all those years. Um, Pastor John Kilpatrick, uh, evangelist Steve Hill, Dr. Michael Brown uh, was a part of that. But the Pensacola, the Brownsville revival took place, but many people don't know this, it was Dr. Cho who actually prophesied the Brownsville revival before it ever started. And uh, he was in his office and he puts this story in the beginning of this book. He was in his office in Korea and he was praying one day and he said, Lord, show me where, where the next place that you're going to move on the earth will be. And the Lord spoke to him and said, spin your globe. And Dr. Cho spin, uh, spun the globe in his, in his office, and the Lord said, put your finger down. And he put his finger down on the globe, and it came to rest and stop with his finger on Pensacola, Florida. And Dr. Cho said, I knew nothing about Pensacola, Florida. And I began to research it and look it up. And he said, and I started to prophesy in my church in Korea that revival is coming to Pensacola, Florida. Revival is coming to Pensacola, Florida. And uh, one day, uh, Pastor John Kilpatrick in Pensacola uh, heard that prophecy and believed it. And uh, he canceled the Sunday night services at his church and turned them into prayer services rather than Sunday night services. And every Sunday night, they would pray, pray, pray that God would bring revival. And do you know, people in his church actually got angry at him and said, you've gotten too much into prayer. And people left his church over that. Well, 
It wasn't long after that um, that he had a guest speaker in, which was Evangelist Steve Hill. And that morning when he preached, the power of God hit the place and the Pensacola Brownsville revival began and uh, and continued on. People came from all over the world to be a part of it. God moved and uh, it was all done and begun in prayer when Dr. Cho was praying in Korea and asking the Lord, when is your spirit going to hit the earth and where is the next place? Prayer that brings revival by Dr. David Young E. Cho. This book will change your life. So that's, that's book number 10. Uh, let's go into book number 11. This book, <laughs> I actually love this book so much. Um, I was, I, and I told, I told uh, the author, Dr. John Avanzini, that I, how much I loved it. And um, it's very interesting because you've probably been taught, many people have been taught for their entire life that Jesus was poor, that Jesus was a poor man, and that the message of prosperity is ridiculous because even Jesus, the Son of God, was poor. And uh, what's awesome is that Dr. John Evanzini wrote this book entitled Rich God, Poor God. This book will change your mind. It'll change your spirit. He proves in this book how it would have been impossible. It would have been impossible for Jesus to be poor as he lived on the earth. Jesus was not a poor man. Jesus was a wealthy man. And uh, in this book, and it'll change your life, that do you think actually God has a desire to make his children poor? Do you think God had a desire to make his only son poor? No, he blessed him. One of the things that's important to remember is that Jesus was the exact representation of the nature of God on the earth. If you read uh, Hebrews chapter one and verse three, that's what the Bible says. Jesus is the exact representation of the nature of God on the earth. So unless it is God's desire for his people to be impoverished, poor, broke, then Jesus could not have been poor. In the same way that Jesus did not ever sin, and in the same way that Jesus was never sick, Jesus was also never poor. Do you know poverty is something that entered in through sin, through the curse of sin? Adam and Eve were not poor. They had so much. They had everything at their disposal. They overflowed with good things, and that was God's original intent. That is what God did when he created mankind. And Jesus came to restore us to God's original intention. That's what redemption story is all about. And so in this book, Rich God, Poor God, Dr. John Evanzini, I'm telling you, this book will change your life. It will change your life and your understanding of what God did in Jesus to bring financial prosperity and blessing. So book number 11, Rich God, Poor God, you've got to get that one. Got to get that one. Uh, this is probably his most well-known teaching. And there was nobody teaching this like him uh, at the time that he began to teach it and he, and he was alive. It has literally been uh, a rock in the body of Christ, especially in the Pentecostal and Word of Faith movement. Uh, and this is Dr. Oral Roberts with the, his probably most famous book ever, Miracles of Seed Faith. Miracles of Seed Faith. And Dr. Roberts, who obviously built ORU and uh, had a mighty miracle ministry around the world, uh, God gave him this revelation and nobody was really teaching this at the time. And he was, you know, really vilified for it. 
and people came after him and people came against him, but he stood for what the Bible said and he stood for what's true. And he began to teach seed faith uh, throughout America and around the world. And it's powerful because you see what it has built in so many other ministries and the understanding how many people have been blessed and touched because of the message of uh, financial blessing, economic prosperity, and the miracle of seed faith. This book, and I'm sure you can get it in some form or another. This is a this is a very old copy. Let me see when this one actually came out. This might have been one of the original ones. This is, uh, no, it's 1970. This one came out in 1970, and I think this one was printed in 82, the year I was born. But uh, book number 11, Miracles of, or excuse me, uh, book number 12, Miracles of Seed Faith by Dr. Oral Roberts. This is a book that you've got to get your hands on if at all possible, and it will change your spirit as it did for so many others. Listen to these. Listen to these different chapters. Um, The three key principles of seed faith that changed my life. How seed giving can give you control over insurmountable problems and help you solve them. Uh, how I learned a lesson early in my ministry to look at God as my source for a loan. Um, how two young men through applying the principles of seed faith became their city's third largest builders. The big question, is money good or bad for you? Uh, you know, it goes right through the whole thing. Uh, this is by Dr. Oral Roberts. Dr. Oral Roberts, Miracles of Seed Faith. It's on Amazon, Karen's saying. This book is phenomenal. Grab that one. That's book number 12, uh, Miracles of Seed Faith. Give me, here's book number 13, another by, by Brother Kenneth Hagin, uh, a book called Understanding the Anointing. Let's see if you can get that. Understanding the Anointing by Kenneth Hagin. This is phenomenal. There's so many people that don't, don't even understand uh, how the anointing functions, operates, or works at all have no understanding of how the anointing works. And uh, Brother Hagin did a phenomenal job uh, writing on this subject of how the anointing operates, the anointing of Jesus, uh, the healing anointing, the ministry gifts, talks about the in- individual anointing uh, of men and women that God's that God has uh, called and set apart. Teaches not only on the fivefold ministry gifts, on the anointing in every believer, the anointing in every man, how how God operates in the corporate anointing, that's the body of Christ together. And uh, this book will change your life. So this would be book number 13. This is Understanding the Anointing by Kenneth Hagin. Understanding the Anointing by Kenneth Hagin. That book will change you. This is going to be a peculiar book to add into this uh into this list, and it would seem like it's 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 more textbooky, but I've got to show you this because more than ever before, P, as I as I mentioned a moment ago, people have no idea what they believe about the Bible. They've got no idea, and more and more people aren't teaching doctrinal style uh, messages in church. It's more topical, and a lot of times it's more in a lot of churches it's more self help. Uh, but this book is when I say this is a must-have, this is a buy right now. This is like when this broadcast comes to an end, go on on Amazon and buy this book immediately. And if you don't have it, you need to grab it. This book is called Knowing the Doctrines of the Bible by Meyer Perlman. Knowing the Doctrines of the Bible by Meyer Perlman, book number 14. You've got to get this one. 
This is literally, and it might look more textbooky when you open it, but it is a breakdown scripturally of why we believe what we believe as Pentecostal believers. It breaks it down. Every aspect of doctrine. You know, why, first of all, why is doctrine even important? It talks about that. But number, it talks about the doctrine of scriptures, the doctrine of God, angels, man, sin, Jesus, the atonement, salvation, the Holy Spirit, the church, and also end times prophecy. And it covers that all in one volume called Knowing the Doctrines of the Bible. This book needs to be in your hand and you need to familiarize yourself with why we believe what we believe about salvation, about healing about Jesus coming back, about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. This is a book. And in fact, in Miracle Word University, uh, we've recommended this book to the students that are taking the courses as well as others. But Meyer Perlman, powerful man of God, you've, you've got to get this. He passed away in, uh, I believe, 1943, but uh, wrote this book. And it really has been a staple for Pentecostal believers for many, many years. So Knowing the Doctrines of the Bible, put it up one more time, book number 14, Knowing the Doctrines of the Bible by Meyer Perlman. You've got to grab that. Um, the last three books that I'm going to give you are actually, um, I have them dig digital copies. I have them somewhere in hard copy, but I couldn't find them today. But uh, I want to give them to you um, that will that will definitely help you. Number one, this, this would be book number what, 15. The 15th book which is a classic. You've got to have it. Book number 15 is Healing the Sick by T.L. Osborne. Healing the Sick by T.L. Osborne. It is a must-have book. It is a total teaching on the subject of divine healing. Uh, healing the Sick by T.L. That's book number 15. Healing the Sick by T.L. Osborne. You've got to get it. And in fact, it was a grouping of, of books that he wrote uh, smaller books, and then all at the end were finally put together as one uh, one large book, and it is a must-have. So that's why I took this week, three days out of this week, to teach on healing. So many uh, believers are battling sickness and disease and need to be free. But as I said in this broadcast, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And so this book, Healing the Sick, by Dr. T. L. Osborne, is, I believe, the classic book. Uh, on divine healing. You've got to grab a copy. That's book number 15. Um, and then finally, um, two more books I want to give you before I, before I pray for you. Number 16 is a book that I know I have, and I hope somebody didn't borrow it from me and never give it back, but um, let, let me give it to you. It's, by, it's also by Dr. David Oyedepo. It's called Understanding the Power of Divine Direction. Understanding the Power of of divine direction. It's not a big book. It's a smaller, uh, I think four by six, maybe a hundred, 110 pages. But you talk about packed with revelation on divine direction and also a convicting power, man. You talk about conviction comes on you to do what God's called you to do. That book tore me up. Uh, understanding the power of divine direction. And that's book number 16. Um, Sonia is asking, what do you think about Smith Wigglesworth's books? The interesting thing about it is uh, I don't believe Smith Wigglesworth ever wrote any actual books himself. All of the books that were written were written by people that knew him, like Stanley Frodsham and um, uh, his son-in-law, 
they wrote books about him or people took things that he preached and put them uh, into literary form. But I don't believe uh, Smith Wigglesworth ever wrote any actual uh, books himself as far as actually wrote them himself. Now, there is a book, uh, Ever Increasing Faith, that I have. But to my knowledge, and I'm just checking to make sure that I'm correct, and I have, I, I will, I, I'm, I'm for them to answer the question. I have everything that's been put out by Smith Wigglesworth or about Smith Wigglesworth, I should say. But um, yeah, as far as writing them himself, I don't believe he wrote any of them himself. But yes, I have everything, everything that's been put out. The, the devotionals, um, you know, ever increasing faith, all the, all those different things that he, that he had, uh, or that are about his ministry. I've got them, you know, a man who walked with God, all those books, I, I own them and they're great. And man, they're faith building, no question about it. So, I mean, there's, but there's only so many you can put it in a list. So I'm trying to put like the ones that are like changed my life. Um, but for sure, you know, I, I love I love everything that's been put out by them. Also, anything that's been put out about John G. Lake, you know, anything put put out about John G. Lake, uh, Kenneth Copeland, by the way, as well as Roberts Learden, both put out like exhaustive collections of John G. Lake's life and ministry, and both of those are worth getting. Like, I mean, extremely worth getting. Any message they ever preached, any transcript of a radio message they ever did, uh, letters they wrote. Uh, all that, like all that stuff. I mean, phenomenal, phenomenal. So uh, I highly recommend that. But understanding the the power of divine directions, number 16. Yeah, Andrew, we're going to post this. Healing the Sick is by T.L. Osborne. I'm going to post the list as well. When this goes on the podcast today, the list will be in the description. And then, of course, any of you that would like the list, I will post it on the our Facebook page, the Miracle Word Ministries Facebook page. I'll post the list um, right on the page and pin it to the top so that you guys can see it as well. Um, and then let me give you the final book. And so many people have questions about the end times. One of the best books that I've ever seen with an exhaustive explanation about the end times, and that's that's easy to comprehend and understand, is a book entitled The End. That's the name of the book, The End, by Dr. Mark Hitchcock. The End by Dr. Mark Hitchcock. Um, It's like an exhaustive explanation of end times Bible prophecy uh, by a man who truly understands uh, Bible prophecy. Uh, And and, and I'm telling you, it, it is so clear and powerful to read and understand. So book number 17 is called The End by Dr. Mark Hitchcock, Dr. Mark Hitchcock, the end. You've got to grab that. And a digital version would be great. They have it on uh, iBooks, I believe, and Kindle. And you can you can get it. But a total explanation of the last days, the last days of this dispensation, the rapture, the tribulation, uh, the second coming of Christ, the millennial reign, the dateless future, all that stuff is is within the book. Phenomenal teaching. Absolutely. It'll answer so many, so many questions that you have um, about end times Bible prophecy, and it's a must have in your library. You know, people treat Bible prophecy like it's not important or like, well, nobody can know the answer. 
Do you realize that at the time that it was the Bible was written, that it was over one third, 33% was prophecy. God's not a fool. He wouldn't give us the Bible that was 33% prophecy if no one could ever understand prophecy. That's what people say, you know. Well, you know, nobody can ever understand prophecy. Well, no one that no. God gave it to us so that we could understand it. Rodney's asking, isn't evangelist Tiff Shuttlesworth getting close to releasing a new end times book? I hope so. I really hope so. He's a great, great teacher of end times Bible prophecy. And if he would release a book, I would buy it immediately. And and I would put it on this list because he's a phenomenal teacher uh, of end times Bible prophecy. So I encourage you to grab those 17. There's so many others I could mention. My family's written books, um, but literally so powerful. But I want to pray for you at the end because here's the thing. As we're coming into 2020, and this this is what I've been talking about for the last two months. As we're coming into 2020, God's giving us these last, now we're at like a month and a half, a month and a half of 2019 left as an on-ramp into 2020. We're going to increase and accelerate. Part of that is going to be through pressing into the word, pressing into study, letting our faith get built. So the part, by the time we hit 2020, our faith is already ignited and we're running on a new level before we even hit the new year. So I want to pray for every person that's watching right now and, uh, and ask God to number one, touch you by his power to strengthen you and to give you a hunger, a hunger for the word of God, a hunger for the things of God like you've never had. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for every man, every woman watching the broadcast live or on the replay. I pray in Jesus' name that you would give every one of us a hunger for the word of God, a hunger for the things of God and the anointing. Let us press in. Let us press in like we never have before. And as we do, we thank you that the truth is setting us free. Lord, as they press in to your word on healing, I thank you healing flows in their body. As they press in and obey your word on finances, I thank you that their finances begin to overflow. On peace, joy, that that will overflow. Lord, let us press in and the truth will set us free. We thank you. You're setting us in position for 2020 to be the greatest year we've ever had. In the mighty name of Jesus, I ask you that you would open doors for your people, doors of opportunity like they've never experienced in the mighty name of Jesus. We love you and we thank you for your goodness and your grace in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you believe it, throw some emoji hands in the comment section and shout aloud amen wherever you're at. Even if you're at work, scare your person in the cubicle next to you. Shout aloud amen. <laughs> I'm just imagining that happen if somebody's doing it. Listen, I want to take a minute and encourage you to sow a seed today. On this Friday, step out by faith and sow a seed of faith into this ministry. As you're preparing for 2020 to be the greatest year you've ever had, put yourself in position for overflow. Put yourself in position for increase by releasing a seed of faith into this ministry. You can obviously do it by hashtag donate on Periscope and Facebook. You can go to miracleword.com and you can uh, sow right there on the website. You can use PayPal as well. But I want to encourage you to sow a seed. I'm going to post the list uh, of books on our Facebook page after the broadcast is over. You guys can see all the titles, all the names, and it'll be good to go for you to go and order them. Uh, and for every person, let me say this, for every person 
that sows a seed into this ministry this month, we're going to be sending you the four, it's four plus hours of teaching, a series we did entitled, Why Are Christians Sick and How You Can Be Free? We do four plus hours of teaching on sickness, disease, how you can walk in divine healing and the power of God. For every person that's standing with us at $85 a month or more this month, that's what we're going to be sending to your house as our way of saying thank you for standing with us as a partner of this ministry. Those of you that are joining with us, we pray for you, we love you, and we appreciate you. So thank you for sowing. I saw a couple of questions that I want to answer as well. Um, the first question I saw there was, um, uh, was that Taya? Where was Taya at? She was asking, what does it mean to walk in healing? Um She'd heard that in her spirit. My healing had been given to you. Walk, walk in it. What does it mean to walk in healing? It means that you're not having to go from miracle to miracle, Taya. It means that you can literally walk every day in divine health, in divine healing, not going from sickness to healing to sickness to healing to sickness to healing, but constantly walking in the power of divine healing. And that's a great question because I believe it's God's desire for his people to walk in divine healing on a daily basis, not to go from sickness to healing to sickness to healing, but he's keeping us, keeping us healed, keeping us in the power of God. I'll take questions if you have any for a few minutes before we go. And as people are sowing their seeds on the website, on, on Facebook, on PayPal, thank you. We say thank you. We love you. Once again, we're going to be in West Virginia starting Sunday through Friday. Don't miss that meeting. It's going to be awesome. And then uh, also the 27th, please don't forget to email us what you're believing God for uh, and standing in faith for. By the way, those of you that um, have gotten involved with Miracle Word Kids and uh, you're on the Bible reading challenge today uh, and you've emailed us, Maddie is emailing you back. She recorded a video for you last night for your kids and uh, as an encouragement. And so she's going to be sending you a video and a message today via email. Those of you that have sent in emails with pictures of your kids and, and those of you that are letting us know you're doing the uh, challenge with us. Brit's coming with cake pops. That's what I'm talking about. How do I work with young people that have never been taught the Bible? What a great question, uh, Ruthie. I would answer that by saying this, that to start uh, with what they can understand, start with a very basic message and don't make it complicated. You know, keep it simple. Teach them the simple gospel message uh, and, and, and teach them uh, the basics of the gospel and the basics of the word of God. In fact, if you um, if you send a message to our ministry, we have a Bible reading plan that we put out for new believers as well to guide them through their first uh, steps of reading the Bible and what's important. But I would say this, start with what's important Start with what's uh, needed, you know, the gospel message, and keep it simple that they can understand it. Don't complicate the gospel. It is a simple gospel that produces powerful results. Karen says, why is there so much hate for uh, Brother Copeland and Brother Hagin from Paul Washer and John MacArthur, and they call it the false gospel? The reason for that is, is because people like Paul Washer and John MacArthur don't hold the same belief systems that... Uh, Brother Copeland and Brother Hagenwood, uh, whereas they're, they're a word of faith doctrinal uh, group, MacArthur and Washer are, uh, are Baptist and cessationist. 
meaning they don't believe in the moving of the Holy Spirit in the same way that Brother Copeland or Brother Hagen would believe in it um, because they believe the Holy Spirit's still moving in the same way he did in the early church and that the gifts of the Spirit are still in operation and that God's still using prophecy and tongues and interpretation tongues and healing and miracles. And, and so there's a hate for it because they believe that what he's teaching uh, and what they're teaching, of course, Brother Hagen's going on to be with the Lord, uh, is false doctrine and that it's dangerous to the believer and all this stuff. And it's it's not. It's not. They're off in that. MacArthur is off and Paul Washer is off in their belief system. Um, and so I'm, I'm sure that they're genuine in what they believe, uh, but they're, they're not right. Just because you're genuine in your belief system doesn't mean you're correct in your belief system. And so uh, that that's why. Prophecies, you know, you have to have faith and just believe God that the prophecies are coming to pass. There's no timeline. I can't tell you uh, where, when they're going to come to pass. Pastor, is uh, is that Samson Sakala or Sakala asking, what can I do to be more powerful? Um, it's important to understand this too, that all power is already on the inside of you as a believer. All power is already on the inside of you. You don't need more power. What you need is the ability to release more of the power that's in you. And that's done by fasting and prayer, study of the word, and faithfulness. Fasting, prayer, study of the word, and faithfulness to do what God's asked you to do. So there should be times in your life where you're fasting and praying. And I mean praying. You know, If you're not praying an hour a day when you're fasting, and period, you're, you're wasting your time. Pray, press into prayer. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Stir up your faith. It stirs up your most holy faith. It encourages encourages your spirit. There's so many benefits of praying in the Holy Ghost. So fast, pray, study the word, and then finally receive impartation from powerful men of God. And that's how you walk in the, in the power that God's called you to. I am gonna post the 17 books. Yes, I'm gonna post them right after the broadcast is over. Shanda's asking, if you have a strong desire that doesn't leave you, could you say that's from the Lord? You could. You could say that that's a leading from the Holy Spirit. Love you, Sue. You could say that that's a leading from the Holy Spirit, especially if it's something godly. Right. Yes, Shanda, somebody doesn't have to speak to you and tell you. You know, she's saying that she has, for those that are listening on the podcast, she's saying that she's got a desire to go to Bible school and be part of the ministry, but nobody actually called her out physically and said, you're called, but she has a, such a strong desire. Yes, you know, that's that's obviously the Lord because understand, Shanda, you know, the devil doesn't want you going to Bible school and in your own nature, even you're having a hard time understanding it because you know you're you're as you're asking the question so that means it wasn't your own personal idea it's a strong desire and that only leaves leaves the holy spirit and so i would say the holy spirit is leading you to study and uh, and prepare for ministry and so i would pray that out and make sure you know exactly what the holy spirit's telling you to do which bible school where when that kind of stuff karen's asking how do you pray in the spirit you get filled and baptized with the holy spirit and the bible uh, sometimes calls it praying in the spirit, other times praying with other tongues or praying in, in your heavenly language. And so that's how you pray in the spirit. You get filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit. Amen, Shanda. 
I'm excited for you. I'm excited for you. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, listen, I love you guys. And um, as I said, we're going to be leaving tomorrow for, for West Virginia and starting on Sunday. If you can be there, be there. It's going to be a powerful week. And um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing you. I'll be back with you um, on Monday morning, same time, 1030 a.m. Eastern uh, through the week. Uh, as we're doing the revival services, but I'll be back on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope next week, starting Monday. Carolyn did promise me that she's going to be with us more than she was this week, next week and the week after. So uh, we're going to hold her to that. <laughs> we're going to hold her to that. Uh, as I said, uh, what can you do to see more results in, in the realm of healing and miracles? Fast, pray, and receive impartation from mighty men of God that are already seeing those results um, that you're wanting to see. I love you guys. Maybe we'll come back next week and do a question and answer. I know there's so many questions that people have, um, but we're, we're going to come back. I know Karen will be with me too to do some more Q&A. And uh, we love you guys and appreciate you. And thank you to everybody that's sowing seeds, standing with us in partnership. We love you. Have a great and a powerful weekend. I'll post the list right now so you guys can have all 17 books. I love you. Have a great weekend. And I'll talk to you soon. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.